Can you hurry up? Can we speed this up? I'm so anxious. <laughs> Don't do that. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Can I open my eyes? Can I open my eyes? You may open your eyes. All right. Take off. I'm good. Yeah, I, but that sucks. I I probably can't do any farmers commercials anymore. <laughs> it's kind of lame that I'm actually thinking about that. I'm all like, once I become a famous actor, I might want that farmers endorsement. <laughs> like. I think we're in it. <clears throat> we're we starting? We're in it. <laughs> oh, we're in it. That's how we just jump in? Yeah, we just jump in. <laughs> nice. No intro, no nothing. No huh? intro, no nothing. I, I think we're just in it. I like that. I like that. Yeah, sometimes you just got to go for it. <laughs> What's up, man? Thanks well, for having me. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on the pod, man. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, yeah, right after dinner. I know. Right after that dinner, I had some uh, Italian dinner. I told John, I was like, yo, can you, uh, <laughs> can you come like a little bit later? Have one of those... Uh, uh salad and uh and then the dinner and then like hey, you guys want coffee i'm like no 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 <laughs> no i'm, I'm yeah, good yeah that's some grown shit right there yeah um i, I just did uh, some very la shit i went hiking at runyon around sunset and then ate at Erewhon in a deli section <laughs> i know dude motherfuckers are gonna really judge me they're gonna be like damn you came from the battle rap world and now you're hiking at runyon and eating at Erewhon." yep trying to take care of myself and he still man. got bars that's crazy uh, yeah exactly salad bars that's the thing you got i think the tone is changing for for rappers man we're trying to we got to get healthier you know <laughs> yeah, what i'm yeah. saying like rappers are out here dying physical of, and mental wellness they're dying of natural causes out here that shout out to my guy open mike eagle he had an album called rappers uh rappers dying of natural causes or something like that i forget what the title was but. right yeah yeah man dude i i saw your hat when you walked in i don't know where you got that but that is a thing of beauty edd shout out uh edd <laughs> I, forget, dude. I forget what it stands for it's some employment employment uh employment employment dis it's not disability because i don't think it's what it says here this is like some sh they made up some shit but employment it, development department says that is it say that on that's there? what it says there on oh, there okay maybe it is that i guess is that, <laughs> that is, is it employment that would make sense that employment. probably makes sense yeah i mean you know out here, during the pandemic i feel like everybody's been scamming the government oh you know dude. what i mean like i was thrilled to be a part of uh edd so shout out to edd <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's helping a lot of people but people are also just like taking the money to like oh let's spend it on all types of wild shit oh dude i knew some comics who just like immediately i was like they had new shoes on i'm like oh that edd money came <laughs> like you knew right away like when you ran into them you're like your check just came in the mail then they're like that's, yeah yeah that's yeah. just some quick satisfaction kind of thing you know like you just feel good like retail therapy or something yeah but you're still fucked you know but uh, i had a buddy who uh he's like you want to go golfing i was like when do you go golfing he's like i got this unemployment money <laughs> he bought like a whole set of clubs and everything that's what i'm saying it's yeah. like your life's shitty but then you're like ah, look at those clubs a little like, flash yeah yeah or some kicks you're like fuck life sucks and you look down you're like at least i look fresh I look pretty good, though. <laughs> <laughs> like like there's hell circles of fire yeah. like spinning below you're like i got the new jordans on, that's so. what I, was, I, I was talking about earlier how we got slides on right now yep and when you Start wearing slides. It just ruins your relationship with sneakers, I feel like. Yeah. Because you're just like, you know, LA's so comfortable. Like, the weather's nice. Sometimes you just, like, hop on with your slides and you just get it going. And it's acceptable because athletes have made it cool. Yeah. So, it used to be, like, I mean, when I was a kid, if you were wearing slides, you better be had just come from a soccer game or a basketball right. game. That's it. Right, 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 right. But now it's, like, everybody... They just wear them in public now. You it's can't. Just you, you can't wear slides in like New York. 
No, why, why would you want yeah, that's to? That's what I'm saying. You're like walking around the city in dude. slides. Are you crazy? Dude, you're tempting fate yeah. on that. And that's why people wear Timbaland boots and shit there. They're wearing straight up construction footwear. Yeah. Yeah. Just walking down the fucking street, you know? What yeah, I mean? dude. You're a brave soul. Yeah. Over here it's like crocs, Ugg boots, and slides. Yep. Like anywhere you go. I just treat LA like my backyard. I just throw on some slides and just walk around anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. New York can't do that. It's like no, broken glass. It's everywhere. a little too shady. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some hair. We got heroin needles too out here. So. That's true. That is true. We shouldn't actually. So be we got to be careful. A little That's bit. why I wear the socks with the slides. You know, I, gotta I be know. Careful. We're not insane yeah, people. If you're insane if you're rocking no socks and slides. If you're going raw and slides, <laughs> just raw open toes. Fuck no, you're never going raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude but you born you we we're just talking born and raised here essentially but born in argentina it's a weird story just i'm not really weird just like my parents met there you go back were, in, i mean you go back and visit nah nah my my, my grandparents uh, on my mom's side moved there when she was 15 and they passed away so there's like really no family there but i should have really visited I, it would have been a great thing to experience yeah um but my mom, yeah, she grew up there. She speaks Spanish and she's full Korean. And she happened to meet my dad who was Does that Korean. throw people off when she's fluent in, in Spanish and she's Korean? Yeah, and it's funny. She never learned English because you're in L.A. and you know Spanish and Korean. Oh, if you can get in by Korea with those town, two? You're good. You're good. You're you know, you're good. So her English is still not great. Um but it's whatever we got k-town yeah yeah i mean <laughs> so, if that's where you're at it's like yeah yeah so um but it's crazy yeah i mean uh that background is really insane and then but i've been in koreatown my whole life you know i'm more k-town than anything yeah more k-town than even korean <laughs> you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah k-town's great though i mean do you go to k-town a lot uh well we that was one of the first times where we hung out the, uh, the oh, other yeah. night at... Uh, yeah, we got fucked up that at night. That, at that place. Or um, I did, at least. Yeah, I mean... Um, <laughs> you we, were having a good time? <laughs> yeah, I just get louder when I get drunker. Um, and uh, it, it was fun because we had the show at the Laugh Factory. That was a fun show, That man. was a fun Everybody show. You had a good game. set. Everyone did, actually. Everyone had a good set on that one. But you were riffing off of the the front row homie russell shout out russell who, uh, who is currently the red power ranger on the power rangers yes and, and that's pretty crazy oh dude as soon as i found that out which i don't even know who established it but i heard it in earshot when i was watching pk's set or somebody else's set yeah. and i was like i waited for a while i was like is this real like is like because if this is real i'm going in exactly i think everyone said something about him because yeah. he's in the front row he's in the front row how could you resist in three two one i could have picked any elderly woman in the audience to do that he just did one of these like girl and he's That's like gold. this chiseled dude yeah. <laughs> who I'm like, oh, this dude would be the Red Power yeah, Ranger. Yeah, I, I called the, and I was like, of course, the Gen Z Rangers. He's like a mixed guy who's black and Asian. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that would be the current Red Ranger right now. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, but that was amazing. And then you were riffing off of him for like a good 10 minutes, it felt like. Oh, yeah. I, I look back at... Uh... At my recording on my phone, and I, I checked. It was like nine minutes of riffing That's with that guy. Fucking hilarious. And then I saw him. PK said that it was like a movie when we we all showed up in K Town, and he and I saw each other afterwards. He said PK. PK said that he and I looked at each other like, uh, "What's up, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> like like, and I was like, "Did I really do that?" He goes, "Dude, it was." He goes, "I was dying laughing because it was like this old spaghetti western that you guys were like." Oh, I didn't think I was ever going to see you in my life again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, oh, what brings okay, you well, to these parts? Yeah. Uh, wait, you're in Koreatown? Okay. Uh, it's been a ritual lately, I feel like, uh, when I do shows with PK in, like, you know, West LA or whatever. And, like, uh, like Fahim, we chilled with Fahim yeah, in yeah. K-Town, too, after our show in K-Town. And we just got wasted and it just, like bringing all the comics into my Koreatown world. And it's been great. It's yeah, cool. It's so fun. Because, I mean, I the only time really, I'll go to Koreatown every once in a while, but really the only time I've eaten over there uh, has been with Bob or Steve. Yeah. They've been like, you got to 
try this place or like we went to uh Monsu um yeah. Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite spot in Korea Town? And I know it's probably hard to it, it's hard or even top like three to so five. Much, I mean, I think like when people ask me, you can't go wrong with parks. Like parks is always good. I think I ate there with Bob once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bobby goes there all the time. Okay. Steve uh, they go there all the time. But um that place is good. All the other shit is like super hard to pronounce Korean shit that sure. I don't tell any of my white friends and shit because they're not going to figure it out. So I'm just like... <laughs> they're never going to find like, it again. parks. <laughs> it's, just yeah. the, it's just the easiest to deal with. And there's a place called Quarters and I only recommend these places, like Quarters because it's just like so easy to say. Sure. I don't want to do the spelling out for you and you yeah, know, yeah. Just, just just go to Quarters or <laughs> Sending me the symbols and stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I, I it's like I, a white person treasure map. Like I, we're going well, around it's a Korea shitty time. thing. I should be giving people the spots, but I just don't want to... I'm, I'm I've always been a lazy host right 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 like because I, I, i've traveled a lot you know touring and you always get that like host who takes you around in different cities yep but when people come over here like isn't that interesting how in some cities in other countries that that is required by the embassy have you noticed that that, that some of that oh what do you mean like so like in australia yeah. they force you to use a guide Oh. It's literally part of their tax program. So you have to use a local as Americans if you are on tour over in Australia. Yeah. Otherwise, you th- you can't do the shows there. They're, they're like, no, this is your liaison. Right, right. They're going to keep you on mm. track. And they like, we literally, when I was over the, there, uh, this nice lady, she was our liaison. She went and hopped hotel f- to hotel with us in every city that we went to. Flew with us and everything. And it was just that's their thing that's oh, part of their program I, I always it was always been like a promoter or something for me gotcha of the show but they, they always do a great job you know mm-hmm. taking care of you and i feel shitty because like they'll get me up when they come to la it's like my bad bro i just got this thing <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just the worst host i'm not a great host well i feel like as entertainers i mean i think that we're so used to just being in show mode that we're like oh wait we're not you used to like putting it on for you like we're, yeah. we're just doing the thing we're not like the the, the mechanics of like uh, you should do this and then that and yeah. like anytime families visited like my uncle came out here from iowa he goes what are all the hot spots what do we do i go do you want to go to a comedy club or, right, right, or right. like i know i, I don't know what food. to suggest it's yeah like, i don't know what to do do you want to take a picture in front of the pink wall on melrose like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. do you I... want an angel wing picture <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly but i i think I'm also traumatized because I used to have like relatives visit America, like from Korea or like Argentina. And my parents would make me go with them to Universal Studios all the time. So I sometimes in one year, I'd go like six, seven times on the same ride, same shit, everything. Yeah. And it would just traumatize me. I'd of be course. on the tram, like the jaws would pop out of me. Would I wouldn't flinch? Yeah, like, yeah. It was just like, <laughs> you're like in three, two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I don't know. LA's just one of those weird places to to host a guest. I feel. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm from Kansas, and uh, I didn't grow up with the whole Disneyland thing. Did you go to Disneyland as a kid, or was it I, more I just I Universal? Went a few times, but it's been a long time since I've been. So my thing with Disneyland is if. In my opinion, if you're not drinking the Kool-Aid at a young age, then it you 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 surpass it where well, I finally went as an yeah. adult and I was like, this is whack. Oh, <laughs> like I just didn't pretty... I just didn't like get it. And I think it's all like looped in on nostalgia and stuff like that. Yeah. Like if you went there as a kid or that it was like a good memory for you, yeah, it makes sense. It's kind of like how certain restaurants when you're a kid the food wasn't really that good but you have great memories attached to it so you're like that food is the best and then you try to introduce a friend and you're and they're like dude it's not that good how about all the new shit though don't they got like all the new because now they own like star wars and avengers i I went on the star wars right that was pretty cool that was cool yeah that was cool okay yeah the 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 star tours it's called star tours or something like that yeah yeah yeah, because I, I was like, I, I've been curious lately because they just bought up all that IP now <laughs> and that Disney World they is have everything. bigger. Yeah. They have everything. Right. I'm excited about this new uh, Spider-Man movie that's coming out. All the, all the That franchise in particular, they killed. You know, yep. all the new Spider-Man, like oh, the yeah. Tom Holland version and all that oh, stuff. Oh, dude, I love how they're about to get like real wacky with it. Yeah, yeah, like... Uh, crossing over the universes of the previous spider-mans like that's what they're hinting at and i'm freaking toby mcguire just pop out if he does i mean people are gonna i think it has to happen 
yeah, it has to happen. That, that'd be so amazing, bro. Because I'm a huge, I mean, those still, Spider-Man 2 is is probably one of my favorite superhero movies ever. I'm not, I've never been mad at the, the Tobey Maguire. I love that yeah, series. Yeah, I've never, it was so goofy and he was so goofy. Yeah. Like, I, I just liked it. It's just a different flavor of Peter Parker. It is, it yeah. is. Yeah. But yeah. Did you grow up loving Spider-Man and Batman and different comic books and stuff like that? Or, or yeah, what? I grew up on comic books. Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up, um, yeah, you know, Justice League to uh, yeah. DC kind of, I don't know what happened with DC with trying to. What is up with their movies? They just cannot get it together. Get it. <laughs> they and it's so it frustrating. Everyone is just, I don't know, I really couldn't even get into the Suicide Squad low key. I just watched it. How did you and feel I, about it? Did you like it? Or? It was all right. But that's how I feel about most DC movies is uh, I feel like Marvel has set the benchmark so high that they are knocking it out of the park so hard that it's hard to compete with. Yeah. But I will say the Dark Knight trilogy, that still that exists. That was the one. That still exists. That's the one they killed. But they and, can't recreate that nah, energy. Nah, nah, nah. They killed that one though. Yeah. yeah. So they have at least one on the boards, you know, but- Man, they can't get their shit together. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. know what in the world is going on. Because they got some dope-ass characters, you know? Of course. Dude, they yeah. literally have, like, if the, you think about it, kind of the more mainstream ones. The mainstream golden, and Batman. The golden age Flash, of comics, yeah. All those, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Marvel's just, they got it figured out. Yep. I, I've seen Shang-Chi already. I heard it was good. Fire. Yeah. They, was really they good. went in. There's so much shit in that fucking movie. It's it's crazy. But I am curious how this like next generation of Marvel is gonna carry out. Cause I they know. ran through kind of all the the mainstream, like the main uh uh the first string yeah, yeah, Marvel yeah. characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now they gotta integrate the, the bench, bench war. <laughs> <laughs> are coming in. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, not to take away from those heroes, like you know, I'm sure there's a whole world. I don't know, but <laughs> there's all these Marvel <laughs> heroes that are listening to this podcast. Who are like, oh, come on, man! <laughs> I feel shitty. I call them about? bench warmers. <laughs> <laughs> they're heroes, and they're like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. these superpowers aren't doing anything for oh, me. Oh my god, yeah. Um, but I mean, I know the first string of this this wave is supposed to be um, Shang Chi and like the Eternals. And everything looks promising. Like both of yeah. them, the both of those um, seems promising. Steve and I, uh, uh, for Steve's birthday, uh, uh, David Cho, uh, he came and uh, we went and saw um, Candyman, and uh, then we went like to Canners afterwards. And Cho was like, "I wanted to hate Shang Chi," yeah. and then he goes. But they did it. <laughs> he goes, they made it dope somehow. Yeah. Well, David Cho said that? Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw him at the premiere. I yeah. was there at the premiere and... <laughs> he, said, he said he went in with super low expectation because he was like, oh, he's like, they're trying to like force an, like, an Asian yeah. superhero movie right now. And like, I don't know, man, it could it could be really cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I he, mean, everyone was, I think all the Asians were really worried in that sense because Asians are always worried about that because we're getting this first wave of like crazy and Asian renaissance. So like every new Asian show, we're like, uh, yo, this better be good. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't want to ruin it for the next 20 yeah, years. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. always on that shit. I mean, so I know what feeling he has. It was funny though. David came, I saw him at the premiere and you know, we didn't, I didn't get to hide him. I just saw him walk in, but he was dressed like slides, like no socks slides. You know what I mean? Shorts, like a sweater with graffiti on it. And I was like, oh, David like really doesn't give not give no fucks. But I just thought he didn't give a fuck because like, like artist or whatever. But my boy sat next to him, uh, sat next to him and he was they were talking. And apparently my boy told me that um, he thought it was just a screening. He didn't know it was the premiere. <laughs> like, like he would have actually dressed up for it. That's how. But he just thought it was like one of those free screenings. Yeah, yeah. It was a full on red carpet. Like so, did he every walk the Asian celebrity was there. I was worried about being underdressed because I don't have a lot of nice shit. So I just put together something decent. I mean, dude, red carpets, people literally spend so much money on hiring people to make them look oh, for perfect sure. for those events. 100%. And I saw David and I was like, fuck, I should have worn my slides. <laughs> That's what I thought. That was my first thought. I was like, "Damn, I could have worn my slides." Like, that guy's so cool, That's, man. I thought he was cool. I was like, "Fuck, he really didn't give he's a fuck." So anti-establishment. I was like, "Why did I give a fuck?" Yeah. And you he's know? like, "Do you have your coupon for this?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it was. It was really dope. 
It's super dope. I'm excited to see that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, man. I, I feel like you and I, we have had friends for years, like, and been adjacent in the comedy scene for yeah. so long. Like, I, I literally have been seeing you on flyers and stuff for years, but this Laugh Factory show happened to be the first one yeah. that we did together. And I was like, oh, okay, finally. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I've really been going harder with the stand-up in this past, uh, like, two years. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, I did my first stand-up show through PK at the Laugh Factory, like, five years ago. You yeah. know, I was like, I got the nerves to finally do it. And uh, it went well, but I didn't I was, I didn't get into the loop of, like, doing it regularly, you know. Um, I just, whenever I got an opportunity, I just did it. But in the last, um, like, year and a half, two years, I've been trying to just go out every week and you know I, yeah. I know you out here are doing three shows a night and shit and i'm just trying to get into that community and, and that shit but yeah we we crossed a lot of the same paths like even with stevie like i've known stevie since i was young how did you guys uh meet originally in in the la rap scene oh that's right i met him yeah, yeah. before i even knew he was like bobby's brother or nothing like i, I we were just doing shows together mm -hmm. and then like was this one, when he was doing Mongchi stuff or no even this before was that? Way, way before, before that. this was literally I'll say 2005, 2006. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I was right out of high school doing rap shows and battles, and he was in the underground rap scene too. So he was in that, that scene, and we would do shows together. One day, someone's just like, oh, you know, that's Bobby's little brother. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, after knowing him for a while, you know, and they mentioned it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I didn't meet Bobby for like a while after, but... I've known Stevie early on. Like it, that's dope. It, it was so random. We have this ongoing joke now that's uh, become its own kind of monster. <laughs> that uh, on uh, all of uh, Bob's posts now, uh, people are commenting like, "Oh, hey, are you Steve's brother?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we flipped the script on it because I he's been he's been obviously called Bob's brother for like yeah. twenty plus years since Bobby's been on Mad I'm TV sure. and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So we did a thing on Scissor Bros where we were like. Let's flip it. <laughs> I like that. I've been seeing the comments too. Oh, dude, I was like, okay, I like this little trolling for it. Yeah, I like this little trolling situation. But um, yeah, it, it's 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 been cool, kind of seeing. Uh, I mean, I just did um, Steve's podcast recently, and it was like we're reminiscing on those days, man. It was it was like MySpace. We're promoting our shows on MySpace and and things like that. So, do you remember your like your friend count and stuff on MySpace back in the day? It wasn't that popping, to be honest. Like. My music career didn't like blow up off of MySpace because I remember some of those musicians like yeah they're like the big MySpace guys. It was like Mickey Avalon and like oh you, dude yeah Dirt Nasty and my them. dick yeah yeah that yeah, shit was like a up. MySpace. I think he was actually signed to MySpace Records or something. Oh really? Yeah, they had like a record label or something. But yeah, I wasn't one of those guys. I didn't have like you know damn I, I can't even remember what my friend count was, but. <laughs> I did promote my shows on there. And I remember I felt good like adding so many shows on that list. Like it felt good being like like you uh, feel like a real performer, like a real exactly, entertainer. Like exactly. I'm doing stuff. Like I'm you know manually yep. entering like another one, exactly. another one, another one. That's yeah. how I would get shows actually. So I would go on other rappers' MySpace pages mm -hmm. and I'd see their shows, click on it, see who was promoting it, and I would ask them if I could open up. So that's, that's how I I would just get mad shows. And also, we would have physical flyers too. So every time I'd be yep. on a, on a flyer, the promoter would link up with me, and they give me a stack of flyers. So if you had like four shows in one month, you just have all these flyers, and it just felt good being like passing out four flyers to somebody, being like, "I'm on all four of these things." You yeah. Know? So it was cool. Yeah, I, I've done a little bit of uh, like barking and stuff for stand up shows, yeah. and it was always so rough because. It's something that that people you can tell right away when you're handing someone a flyer, like either this person's interested or you'd see them throw it in the trash can, yeah. like right in front of you. Yeah. Like, uh. Of course, of course. Yeah, that that builds up your 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 skin real yeah. real real quick though. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, do you remember like back in the day, just you'd come out of a club or something, and they people would there would be like a row of people passing yep. you flyers for yep. shit like festivals and everything oh, yeah. yeah like i just I, I mean just talking about it right now i just realized damn that was really a thing that does not exist anymore yeah i don't even know because i haven't been to vegas since the pandemic like you know those guys like with the cards and stuff like that 
are they still out there now? No, like probably not, right? They because might be passing out like a quick flyer to a strip club or something. Like right then and there, like yeah. go there right now. Yeah. But I don't think it's like I don't think check out like, this festival two months from now. Who the yeah. fuck is gonna like put that in their pocket and no. thumbtack it to their fucking wall? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got nothing on the calendar except this one thing yeah. that I'm looking forward to. I was always into kind of getting those flyers because I, I like I was a big scrapbooker kind of guy. I know that sounds so weird coming from a rapper. Like, I scrapbook. But, like, all my first, like, a couple hundred rap shows, I had the flyers. flyers? I I put them in, like, a book. But, I mean, that's pretty dope for you to look back on now. I love that I did that. You know what I mean? I love that I did that, As nerdy as somebody might say, like, oh, you scrapbook? It's like, dude, you have, like, the documentation. You have, like, that's awesome. Yeah, I I wish I had some of the lineups of... uh, some of the early shows that I went on, like at the, the comedy store and the improv and stuff like that, because I have some friends who saved some open mic lists, and it's amazing to see that's dope who was signing up at the same time, that's and sick. then who you see on billboards and movies, and like it's incredible. Like that, it, it like gives you hope at the same time because you're like everybody was in the same class here. Everybody just needs to keep That's working. That's really dope. I did that a few times too. I uh, I uh, saved the open mic list at this uh, rap spot I used to go to. Mm-hmm. And I have a few of those. And that's always a cool thing. I actually wish I did more of those because there were so many um, artists that signed that shit that would have been a cool collectible kind of thing. Oh, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, how did you get the confidence to start battle rapping? That's a good question. Because like, I feel like it's, you know, either a learned behavior of like a very specific learned behavior from media and different things, or like, did your parents instill a lot of confidence in you? Like as a kid, I had a lot of confidence, like comedically, I think growing up just in my classroom, I was always a class clown. Yeah. But the confidence of when you're at a, rap open mic and not even on stage but on the street like cyphers and freestyling and and that environment is like way more aggressive than like a sign-up sheet you know what i mean like oh yeah you can like sign up on an open mic list go up to perform and you just wait your turn but on the block where you have a say a circle a cipher of like 12 rappers and everyone's just trying to get their voice in real quick and you're just trying to like double dutch your way in yeah it's hard, you know, because everyone's so aggressively like bold, you know. So for me, it was always like that took a while where I would be freestyling. I'd wait my t- I, I try to like just interrupt to get in. And then all of a sudden when you go in and another person goes in at the same time, we're rapping over each other. And then it turns into a battle, you know, like because no one's backing down like, you know, of like st- like no one stops rapping. Right. So we're we're rapping over each other. And next thing you know, like the raps turn into a diss. It's like, yo, shut the fuck up. Let me get my bars out. Like, and then they start saying that. And then all of a sudden there might be a joke they say, like some Asian shit or whatever. And then my blood just starts getting boiled. Like I started boiling a little bit and it just comes out. Where And then that's how the battle part started. It was more like of a defense mechanism at first. Because I was never really the aggressor in battles like i wasn't the one calling somebody out it was almost like just that retaliation i had kind to of i was like, like i had to retaliate because it was the same old shit all the time you, i mean you know if i'm one of the few asian guys out there it's always the same old joke so i think that's how it started for me mm-hmm. it was a retaliation thing and then when people reacted to it with like oohs and ahs like you got high off of that and of course he just kept doing it especially if they're like oh this asian guy just got you you know especially yeah. if they're throwing hacky stuff at you or whatever it felt, it felt really good kind of uh coming back on that um but it's also on the other end of that it, i've gotten hit too with pete from people where they're getting crazy reaction too, like getting killed you know yeah. it's all part of the game but you, they, you, that feels shitty too are there any bars that like still have stuck with you that you're like that person got me good yeah there's tons i mean there i can appreciate good yeah asian jokes like especially in the rhyme form because it's not like you know because there's been a lot of asians that defend me under the youtube comments of battles i've been in being like man they only used asian jokes i'm like I battled an Asian guy and I used only Asian jokes right, too, right, you know? Right. So yeah. to me, I have no problem with that. It's like in a battle, there's no rules. You fucking yeah, do you whatever go it takes. It. Like long as you get the reaction. And when you say, even you could say a hacky Asian joke, but in a creative 
like you know we all know the stereotypes of like oh asians driving bad and all that stuff but if you do it in a very hilarious witty way then it works and also if if it's spontaneous like i was one time we were battling outdoors and there was like a a, a daycare center for dogs out, out, outside okay and he, we were just he he we were all these were all freestyle battles these weren't like prepared and he was he this dude i was battling uh thesaurus he's a, he's a friend of mine too he literally pointed at the spot and was like you see that doggy daycare you probably ate there and it was just like a perfect like rhyme right. scheme yeah. and everything so you know and that's the thing like when things are in rap form and rhymes the rhythm of it hits so perfectly because it rhymes so perfectly that there's a different effect you know than the joke itself it's mm -hmm. like and i've just heard good jokes like that and just dumb shit you know like right. that's a dog eating joke that's like could be considered very hacky nowadays or whatnot but it's the spontaneity sure and it's literally he Off pointed, top, he, and it's right there. He just you know? created out of nothing. I so mean, everyone who's there is like, "What the fuck?" It's the same thing with crowd work at a stand-up show. When people see that, it's gonna get bigger pops than anything that you spent time preparing because they know that you just created that right in front of them. That's why things don't age well. I think when you rewatch things on video, mm. you know, because there are there is an element of live performance that you miss just the context of the energy and not even the content itself. Yeah. The context of the energy that's there when you're feeling those jokes or whatnot. Yep. You know what I mean? So sure. there's a whole element there that I think people don't understand. And that's why like people like, oh, they'll rewatch something like that's not funny. It was like, you have to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to been there. Yeah. Especially sometimes when it's improvised, especially too, like you're saying, it's so specific to the energy that night. Like, Oh, we, everybody was in sync because that's the thing that like with like comedy and music, once everybody gets on that same, same wavelength, then it becomes this higher thing where it's like, whoa, I can't believe that just happened. And that's when like people's minds are like yeah. being blown and stuff like that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I always feel like that's the one thing about freestyle sessions. Like I, I remember being in so many open mics where I've heard some legendary freestyle sessions and I've been in some where. I was feeling it and I was going in, zoning out. I'll rewatch it. I'm like, oh, that was actually not that tight. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that, I thought I killed it way harder than that. Like, that's a C, that's a strong B. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm just like, I'll replay it for the home. Like, you got to watch this. This night I was on. I'm like, oh, damn, wait, never mind. That was bad. <laughs> I was checking out some of uh, your music videos and stuff. And I, I really like, uh, I don't know how many different directors that you work with, but, uh, I like the direction on a lot of your music videos. Thank you. I don't know how involved you are. Oh yeah, I'm, with... I'm always co-directing every Dude, music video. I think it's awesome. Thank you, man. I think yeah. every I, every independent artist pretty much co-directs all their shit. They yeah. kind of have to have you know your voice in it. Sure. And, and especially if you're working with budgets and people doing things for free, you have to really yeah. kind of drive the the creative vision on that. Yeah, I like a lot of the color schemes and stuff that you put together, and a lot of uh, and a lot of those videos. It's cool. Thank you, man. I, I really wanted, I think, I've, I've always liked being colorful in a lot of shit. Like, mm -hmm. your, your most recent video is colorful like that. It's oh, probably, yeah, super colorful. Yeah, yeah, just because, you know, a lot of rap videos uh, uh, and even stuff that I did when I, back in the day, I just, it was like so dreadful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like everything was, just, I'm wearing a black hoodie all the time. That's it. Like, I wanted it like, in, in the last couple of years, I really wanted to just be like, yo, I want to get colorful. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, that's all it's been. It's just like. I mean, that's part of why I like making songs. It's the visual part of it too. Mm -hmm. I like making music videos for it. Yeah, well, it gives you the full scope. It's like, okay, this is what, you know, I'm think. this is what's I'm coming to life from w the perspective of when I wrote it, not just on like, you know, black ink on white paper. Now I'm going to bring it full circle, yeah. color. This is what I, what I imagine inside my head. Now you get to see that too. Yeah outside yeah. of your imagination of if you're just listening on Spotify oh, or, for sure, or whatever. For sure. And and also I've always wanted to direct. So to me, this is like a way to do it where instead of having a script, you have the three minute song or four minute, whatever. Yeah. You can tell a lot, script, a lot of the story that, yeah, and that's that like minutes. your script, you know? So you already have something to go off of, you know? But eventually I'd like to go into actually writing a full on movie or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. How uh, how often do you would you say you still freestyle? Like how often do you do you still Man, do that? Honestly, I've slowed down a lot. 
like I was a freestyle addict. Like anyone will tell you, anyone who followed my career is like, they know that was my thing. Yeah. You know, I'm in, I'm in like, I was at house parties, open mics, YouTube videos, with hanging out with friends. And, you know, I would, I'd go to parties with like surrounded by mad hot girls, start freestyling. They'd be impressed for like a good 30 minutes, but I'd go on for three hours. And all of a sudden I put, lift my head up and every girl is gone. <laughs> it's just me and my boy freestyling. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. And like, and we've even, I've made packs sometimes with homies. Like, yeah, when we go to this party, like no freestyling. Don't let me freestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let me freestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, let's yeah. hang out with some cool girls. Like <laughs> three days later, you have a beer. You're still spinning. Yeah. Like Forrest Gump. Like, yeah, I'm going to stop freestyling. <laughs> um, but I, I've saw that a lot. I think just because. I'm going to less situations where I freestyle. Like mm -hmm. if I wanted to keep freestyling, I'd, I'd have to just be at home alone freestyling. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even hang out with a lot of friends on a regular basis. Like I, I feel like when you're younger, you do that a lot, right? Like you have your homies you're all the time. You're in way more parking lots when you're younger and stuff that's like that. Exactly. You, know, you know what I mean? That's I mean, that, that's what we literally used to do like in, in Kansas before I even knew what it was. We would riff for hours. Yeah. Just trying to make each other laugh in circles or like skateboarding parking lots. And in yep. between skating, we literally just be telling each other dumb stuff or like have somebody has a guitar and we're trying to just riff lines off of that and stuff. That's the thing. So if you free, if you want to keep exercising that freestyle improvisation, um, you know, muscle, you have to be in environments. Yes. With people chilling. Of course. <laughs> you know, and the less you chill, the less opportunities you have to do that. Right. So. It's like sometimes I want to freestyle and I'm just like, it's not the same as being at the crib, putting on a beat and just like freestyle. Let me, let me, let me, <laughs> like it's your yoga stretches or something. Let me yeah. freestyle for let a bit. Let me just freestyle alone real quick. Yeah, it's not the same energy, but um, man, I know some freestyle legends in Los Angeles who still freestyle and they're in their like mid 40s to f almost 50 years old and they're amazing. What was the, what was the first like, song or music video you did where you where you felt like you know that sensation like times 10 i guess of that myspace feeling you know of like oh like i'm I'm a rapper i'm doing shows and stuff did you release something or what was the thing where you like you started feeling like this is me like did you win a freestyle like like did you win a battle or something like what was the first time that i what you, was you had that sensation uh -oh. of like that love like i'm like I've arrived kind of like, I'm feeling like I'm a legit rapper or something like that. I think it, it, I think it's, it's the first time that like, yeah, like people come up to you or something, okay. you know, like randomly, like I saw you in this video, Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of that was the battle stuff, you know, people really got drawn into my battles mm -hmm. and, and seeing the numbers growing and like all of a sudden these videos getting a million views or whatnot, like. And that's now when, a lot of them are like crazy. Yeah. And that's when I felt like, oh shit. And, and I, I think it's always just when you start feeling like you have a fan base, because I always tell people like, just ha no matter what number of fans you have, it could be a little or a lot, just having fans is a blessing. Sure. Like so many artists don't even get the opportunity to have a, a few fans. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like if you have fans that buy your merch or support you, like you got to be grateful for that no matter what. Most people don't even get that chance, you know? Yep. That's the only way to look at it. It really sure. is. No, for sure. Like it's it's a blessing, bro. And that's why, I, I you know, my career has always been up and down. It's never been like super steady or nothing, but it's I've always appreciated I, I, the fans that rode with me for this long, you know? Oh, dude, the, just, anytime I, I get to just go out on the road to do shows, even if it's a weekend of maybe, you know, not good paying gigs or whatever, I'm like, I'm still doing the thing that so many other comics are just trying to get to that point of just going on the road to be able to perform for people in different cities. So I'm always grateful. I'm like, Okay, this gig might not be the best, but I'm still doing the thing that I set out to do that I've been wanting to do like yeah. this whole time. So yeah, I always feel super grateful, even like if it's a little city where 
where I'm like, ah, oh, the turnout might not be good or whatever. And then like some of those are the best shows ever because those people are the most appreciative. That's all you can, all you got to see it as, you know what I'm saying? You got to be grateful for it. It's like, what, you're going to put on a shittier show because there's like, what, 20 people in the crowd? I've never understood that mentality. That's so stupid. Like how, then the 20 people who bought tickets get asked out, you know? Dude, I always go, I... If anything, I go extra hard for those people. Exactly, dude. If anything, they might just end up getting a free T-shirt or some shit. Right. Like, thank you for being yeah, here. Exactly, like, you're bro. The, some of the few people I that never are understood that me. mentality too. It's just oh, dude, it, 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 it pisses me off so much. Anytime I'm on a lineup and then you know it's, it's towards the end of the night or whatever, and somebody just pisses away their set because they're ah, oh, there's not many people here. I'm yeah. like, these are the people who are here for you, dude. Exactly. These are the ones who stuck it out. Give them the show that they deserve. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always like adamant about like, oh, I'm going to give you guys a show oh, tonight. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I want to get into this next segment. It's called Fanning Out. Fanning Out. This one comes from uh, my buddy Gage T. Arena. He helps me produce this podcast. He never asked questions of the guests and he was stoked that you were coming on. Okay. Uh, he wants to know your top three unknown artists that you'd recommend and a genre or an artist that you're inspired by that might surprise people. Ooh, that's good. Uh, three unknown artists? Yeah. Can also be one or two if that's too hard. I feel it's like insulting to like name artists that you think are unknown. Also, <laughs> unknown can be, you know, that's a gently unknown. You know, it doesn't have to be. It's more like who you think should be super, super mainstream. Let's put it in a more positive light. Like you think that they should be a household name, but they're not quite a household name yet. But oh, okay. they're on the come up. Um, let's see. Who do I like? Uh, Duckworth is really dope. Uh, Toby Wigway. Um, he's pretty big though at this point. Um, shout out to my boy Satire. I'll give him some love. You know, he's, I'm not, I'm not, not just cause he's my friend, but he's putting out some dope shit. Uh, yeah, those are some ones you guys can check out. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Heck yeah. Is there an artist or a genre that might surprise you that you're inspired by? That that uh, that people like might be surprised. Pop? Yeah, bedroom pop. <laughs> yeah, I just like the simplicity of it, sure. and it's just like pleasant, and there's like just honest like lyrics and shit, you know. Yeah. So I, I like it. I like I like the that kind of movement of like kids just making simple beats at the crib or something. Sure. And, and you know, so I, yeah, I like I like bedroom pop. Okay. Dope. Uh. This one comes from, uh, and when I write comedy or like any kind of non rap related stuff, I just listen to jazz. Do you ever, this was something that I was just curious, uh, when you got brought to the stage at Laugh Factory, do you ever feel like since you have rapped for so long and as, and you're a stand up comedian as well, when the host mentions that you are a great rapper? Do you ever feel any kind of pressure like t that you need to rap or do you have comedy raps that you ever do on stage or do you keep them completely separate? I keep it pretty separate. Like I don't, yeah. I never got into doing comedy raps and nothing against people who do it. Like there's people who kill that too. Um, yeah, it's never been my thing. I mean, if anything, I've implemented comedy into battle rap, mm -hmm. you know, and I've done that. Um, but nah, like there, there's humorous things inside my raps. I wouldn't consider a comedy rap. It was, more, it, it'd be more like an honest kind of moment in rap, you right. know, where it's like I'm, I'm more like kind of just, you know, talking about aging or whatever or things like that. Just more honest moments. But yeah, nah, I, I don't, you know. And that's why it's tough for me. I think as I get older, or not just me, but any rapper who gets a little bit older to maintain that same rap energy you had when you were young because rap comes with that it comes with that youthful energy you know and for me it's been tough because all my like favorite rappers that are out right now are like young dudes you know and i'm just like i'm not the same cat like so it's like would i listen to myself when i was that age hmm. and that the answer is probably not you know Interesting. so it's a it's a really conflicting feeling i think aging as a rapper and 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 that doesn't stop me from making music yeah but it is a conflicting thing where like yeah like i don't make the music of the shit that i listen to like my favorite rap shit you know like that's it's not the same style of stuff you know 
Well, what's stopping you from from doing that though? I, I just can't do it because it's not. It wouldn't be authentic. You know. You feel like it's too forced. It would be forced for sure. Like, like, like you're trying. Like to... I would be doing their style. You know what gotcha. I mean? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I feel like, and people do. Like people, you, you know, like there's trends and stuff of patterns and everything. You know. Oh yeah, you see it all the time. I yeah, mean... yeah, yeah. And, and I think when I try to do it, like I can feel like it's not authentic. Okay. So I because I've tried it. Like I I like experimenting, mm-hmm. but to feel comfortable, like I'm gonna put this out. Like no, that's a different story. Okay. And, and I think. Yeah, it's just like, I think everyone's different. For me, it's a little bit of a conflict. And you know what I mean? Like, I, I just feel like, how to how do I be an older rapper who is going into his, like, later 30s? A more refined version a of... A refined version of it. A past version of yourself. Because you have, like, say, like, a Jay-Z, right? And he does, like, more grown raps now mm-hmm. because he's, like, a mogul who's like in his mid forties, you know? Yeah. You can't, I mean, it doesn't make sense for Jay-Z to be talking about chasing paper in the same way because he has the paper. But here's the thing though. I think it's easier for him as an old rapper because he's incredibly rich as a mogul because people are always going to fuck with raps about like being hella successful. So But it's harder, I feel like, when you're like an older dude with like, maybe those aren't your interests, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like fiscal responsibility. And you're like, it's like responsible reps, <laughs> sure. you know? So it's like, I'm trying to balance like, how do I talk about things like as I get older, but still like maintain like a relevancy all around and all age gaps too, you know? all So... I think for me has been like, I want to implement the music into these other things that I'm doing too. Yeah. With TV shows and film, you know, um, not the same, same exact thing that like Lin-Manuel did with Hamilton, but like in that way, like do something. Would you want to do something like direct a movie and then you're also a big part of the soundtrack? Yeah. Like I would love to do soundtracks, scoring stuff and, and even like musical shit, you know? Um, and I think it's about that. Like, how do I figure out like a, a, this new interest of things that I'm trying to do and, and also bring the experience of like coming from a world of like battles and, and making songs. Yeah. You know? So that's kind of like, yeah, what I'm working on right now is just like figuring that out. And that's why I'm at my, with my life, you know? And, you know, for anybody watching that, like, I think there's a lot of people who go through that, like, especially in this generation where it's so youth driven, like every industry is like, you have like a 13 year old kid making millions of dollars off of unboxing videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, he turns 21, he's like, I'm washed up. It's like, yeah, he's he's like snorting lines of Coke off of his toy boxes and stuff. No, (laughs) but it's just like, I think a lot of young people are gonna go through that. I think in in this generation we live in, you know, like they, they're roasting anybody who's like turning 30, you know, like, it's just like, how are you going to deal with that when you turn 30? Sure. Like that kid who's roasting the guy who's turning 30, you know? So I think people, if you want, if you want to have a, like, if you want to be mentally prepared, like you got to be okay with becoming older, you know, you got to be okay with letting go of certain things, you know? And, and, that took me a while because I was a big kid, you know, like, and that this lifestyle kind of makes you a big kid a lot of times, you know, like you just become immersed. Like if imagine you're touring since you're a teenager. Yeah. You know, that's like, all you know. Yeah. Like I became, I got my nickname dumbfounded when I was 14. And a lot of people were like, that's a stupid ass nickname because I'm 35 now. And introducing myself as that, it feels sometimes weird but also, like, I just, I've accepted it because there was some ridiculous nicknames, too, like, of rappers that we've adapted into regular language. Yeah. Right? Like, ludicrous. It's like, yeah, of course. Fabulous. Like, and they're dope rappers. Yeah. That, like, now it's like everyone just says it, like, regularly. You know what I mean? Of course. But but I had a little bit of an identity crisis with that. A little so, bit. have you ever thought about, like... Or did you ever try to to go by your actual name at different I points? I actually tried to change my name like five years ago, and it didn't. My fans were like, "Not happening." Nah, nah, yeah, yeah. I tried yeah. to change it to Parker. 
Interesting. <laughs> it was like so. My last name is Park. Yeah, and I just wanted to like like fuck with it and just have like a one name like share like kind of one name kind of thing mm-hmm. off of that. So I don't know what, where this idea came from. So I was like, I'm going to be Parker. And it's simple, you know. And I printed all this merch, stickers, went on a tour as Parker. My fans were just like, not nah, with it. Like, wow. I have like a warehouse like with 16 boxes of Parker merch that never went anywhere. <laughs> it's just like, so. Now those are, th- those are rare collector's items now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think when I see, uh. Yeah, when I when I uh, when I tried that, it just didn't happen, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I, I gotta embrace this. This is who I am at this point. Sure, you know, um, I'm dumbfounded. I've been dumbfounded uh, for 20 years, no pun intended, but I've been that, and uh, I'm just gonna rock with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting point in my life that transition, but it's liberating because it's brought me back to really just kind of making music for like not being in the cycle of just like i don't have to work it as my thing i i still make music for fun and like mm-hmm. I, I that's i love that you know um that was a real honest moment right there that's good though yeah yeah i mean that's what i was looking for I had to do it hey here's the thing that's what's great about this podcast is like i told you before we started i go there's no expectations and where it goes it goes i'm going through stuff right now where i'm i'm literally on stage talking about having a son for the first time and i'm like literally i'm working out that out on stage yeah and that's like a whole new you know that's a new chapter of of like versus like dude the material that i was doing 10 or 12 years ago it it couldn't be farther Mm. apart from from this stuff that i'm trying to to work into my voice and stuff like that and it's it's a it's a cool like rewarding thing because some of the jokes they hit sometimes and other times i'm like Ah, it's not ready yet it's not quite in my voice yet so i'm like constantly trying to tinker with it and stuff like that yeah i mean it's like you're tinkering with just being a father right now because it's so new literally identity yeah Yeah. so even like all the shit you're talking about is you experimenting with being a father (laughs) like it's like i'm trying this father thing out uh yeah it's it's (laughs) let me try to joke about it as well yeah 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 i I think it's it's cool though i i feel like that's why i felt like adding this new thing of of stand-up of expressing myself was great because and people always talk about that right it's like oh um you don't become a great stand-up until you're older and it's not that's not true but i feel like it's it's you do have more experiences at least to talk about and you have more things to share you know like and i think that's why people say that you just have more life that you can talk about yeah the more life you have the, the more opportunities you're going to have to connect with people on different levels and stuff yeah. like that they can and, relate to you and that's why i think going back to rap it's like you can do it right because when you have more life you have to talk about it the problem is you have to make it also fun mm-hmm. because to me I, I i'll be real like i like fun rap music yeah and that's why i got into rap shit like everything i was listening to was fun i mean it was like conscious shit too i like too but you got to find that balance of fun you know it's like no one wants to hear no preaching nobody shit. wants to be lectured yeah nobody dude no. like especially through music yeah you know music supposed to it's like, supposed to be an escape yeah exactly exactly yeah. so that's that's how i feel yeah yeah um i got a buddy um who he's actually a uh, a battle rapper who um does a lot of king of the dot um, oh who uh a ward Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know of him. I don't. I don't. We we don't know each other. Yeah, that he, well. he he said that um that uh I think he saw you like at a show like back in like uh, a long time. Yeah, ago. I might have met him like in the circles back in the day or something. He said he said you he saw you like he met you once back in like at the Granada when you did a show with Watsky. Yeah, yeah. I was on tour. I think um was it in Toronto or? Um, is I he think from it, Toronto? Or? Uh, no, he's a uh, Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Granada, Granada. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah. Um, he, because uh, I, I texted him, I, I go, hey, I'm having dumbfounded on. Like, is there any questions as a battle rapper yeah, yeah. that you would want to ask him? And he goes, okay. Um, he said, um, if you were to ever come back to battle rap, who would you battle? That's tough because I don't. I've been keeping up here and there. Yeah, but I don't know. But you're not who, following who the current guys I, are. I yeah, like I, I don't, I haven't followed like everybody. There's so many now. It's like yeah. there's a crazy amount of leagues and and, and shit. But 
damn, there's some people that I, I wish I had battled. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I wish I battled more of the, the URL guys a little bit because I, I just wanted to see how I would do in that arena, you know? Sure. Because it's a different style of stuff, you know? And, and those guys are amazing. The the Loaded Luxes, the Hollow to Dawn. I look up to a lot of those guys and I would have actually liked to have battled one of them just to see how I would have done it in that style of shit that's a little bit more aggressive and hard. Like instead of just jokes, it's like you come at them like really crafting like double, triple entendres and shit. Like, you know, and, and I would have really liked to kind of challenge myself in that way. Because I really respect battle rap. I, I respect battle rap and I respect battle rappers. Like I really look at it as a whole nother thing away from just making songs and, and rappers in in the industry of making music. You know, this mm -hmm. is a whole nother thing. I know battle rappers that don't even like making music. Like their shit is just battling. They you just know? want to battle. And it's okay. Like people don't get that. People think like you're like doing this for a record label deal or something. It's like, no, people like to just do that too. Yeah. It's like some stand-ups just want to do stand-up. They don't want to go on oh, a TV show no, or they just sitcom. Want to yeah, they don't want to, you know, so. Uh, and you got to respect that. I respect someone who's just like, this is the thing that I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan. Right. Even Sebastian Maniscalco, they just want to do stand up, right? Like that's like, right? You know, they want to tour and they and they're at the top and they're they doing figure it out. Yeah. You know, every new special, they know what to do, fill up the arenas and shit. Yep. Uh, he said, um, uh, "How did battle rap shape your comedy career? Because you were on a, uh, an MTV joke show for a while." Uh, I mean roasting is like i love roasting yeah you know with friends and and also in a more serious like like I, what he's talking about was i was on this all deaf digital thing with like a bunch of comedians um and these guys are like good roasters you know oh was it the roast me guys on all deaf digital yeah yeah roast oh, me yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so i've been on a few uh, episodes of roast me and i was a big fan of that show and i just hit up my boy who worked at all deaf and i was like yo could i just get on this oh that's funny and i just started going like every week just i literally i was like i don't care i don't want to i don't need to get paid let me just go i just want to be there so i started going and i had jokes but the thing about these dudes they're like fast they're real fast that, that's the thing they're they're Everybody thinks they're like funny. Like you see the comments, they're like, oh, I want to go on this. I could kill these fools or whatever. It's like, that's not just it. Like you can get some jokes off, but these dudes are fast and good. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really respected that. Like I knew my jokes were good, but I, I was not as fast as them. So the, the, their recovery rate is crazy. Crazy. Bro. Oh, you hit me with this? But, uh, rah, 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 crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So you got to be ready for that. I, I've seen internet dudes who thought they were funny and internet comedians go on that show and get destroyed, bro. I've noticed uh, the first time I went out to New York uh, and people were like roasting each other back and forth. Yeah. I got eaten alive because I was like, oh, New York comedians are like yeah. this with their jokes. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> oh really just, yeah yeah it was oh, crazy really? damn okay yeah just like just like the way because they're so punchline driven with their delivery got you that the way that they roast they'll do three quick one-liners to one la version where it's just like a longer like yeah here's the payoff at the end of this long thing you know what i mean yeah where they're I, like gah, 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 gah. i'll tell you one thing though battle rappers like a lot of them can't roast in real life yeah like they can create punchlines and kill you in battles but a lot of them i i'd be chilling like i go to a battle rap event and i just be we'd be just be chilling all together grabbing a drink or eating and i'm just like roasting thinking like everyone's gonna hop in like people are, they, they don't they're quiet like they don't know how to roast like you know what i mean they're, they're yeah. good at writing it i think but just just amongst friends riffing like not a lot of them are not that great at roasting that happens i mean it's yeah. a specific thing true i mean i'm sure it happens in stand-up too Dude, I know people who are some of the best joke writers like on stage, but you take them outside of that comfort zone and it's it's yep. a night and day difference. Yep. Like you put them in a writer's room, they freeze up. And I'm like, dude, you're brilliant. You're it's, brilliant it's, on stage. It's though. a different thing. It's a different thing. Yeah, it's a it's a complete different thing. Um Yeah, man. I, I just and I know that for even for myself, like as I'm jumping into these different worlds, whether it's like writing rooms you know writing show stuff and mm -hmm. comedy like writing down comedy or doing stand-up and everything like i come in so humbly to these different new things that i'm exploring and and i've always been like that i come in humbly because i know how long it takes you know on even a musical level to 
perfect your craft. Yep. You know, start making songs and keep making them better and better. I'm, you know, I've st I'm still on that journey. You know, like I got into mu making music a lot late because I was into freestyling and and battle rap for a long time. You know, so that that was like a that's something I take to to all this knowing that this shit takes a fucking long time. Yep. Just respecting it. it's like yeah, I've been there, but in a completely different field. Yeah, I'm, I mean, dude, honestly, uh, most of the time when I get on a comedy show, I never tell them to bill me as dumbfounded. I tell them to bill me as John Park, but sure. PK built me as dumbfounded. I don't know why he did that, but just because I wanted to kind of work on it more before I start like really promoting stuff. Yeah, you know? so. yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, then that way also it doesn't get muddy too. Like if that way people aren't showing up thinking that they might see dumbfounded rap exactly the comedy show it's like boo rap for us yeah and then it's like uh yeah 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 i feel you yeah uh let's close it out with this segment that i call sax talk oh sax talk. all right so this was about uh 15 years ago when i was like rapping on the side i still had a job um because I wasn't able to fully support myself as a rapper, so I worked at Farmers Insurance. And uh, I happened to work at Farmers Insurance with an ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, and we were together at the time, but we both worked as customer service representatives at this office, local branch office, and there was only like two other employees that were like above us, and it was her, she was the broker. <laughs> And then we're there one day and then the, the broker leaves the office for the day. And it's just me and my ex-girlfriend there. So, so we're just like, yo, let's like, let's have sex. Cause you know, we're just like horny couple in this office space. We, I locked the door and it gets real freaky. Like we're just there and she like, my girl like tapes my arms with like fucking masking tape on the on the office chair and then she like just pulls my pants down and what goes down on me and like and we just have sex there and uh this goes on for however long i'm pretty sure it wasn't that long <laughs> we, but we're literally having sex like in the office on the boss's chair and then just afterwards, clean ourselves up, open the door, and then the boss comes back like two, three hours later and um, act like nothing happened. I don't know if that was sexy, but... Shut Bum, 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 bum. We are farmers. <laughs> I probably shouldn't even set the insurance company's name, but yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, man. John got his dick wet at Geico. <laughs> <laughs> at least it was farmers. Yeah, yeah. Geico yeah. feels a little bit more, uh, yeah, low class. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because they have a mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I fucked the gecko. Now. Yeah, yeah. Got real um, weird. But yeah, and it wasn't like full on. It was it was a, it was a local branch. It's fine. Yeah, dude. It wasn't like at the headquarters. It's not like you're still working there. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't <laughs> at the headquarters. Yeah. Wait, why would it be more problematic if it was at the headquarters? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you don't that's work just, either. <laughs> because you could open up a local branch anywhere. It feels like you know. I guess so. So more discreet is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I don't know if they could ban me from their insurance for that or something. You know? Nah. You good? I'm good. Yeah, I, but that sucks. I I probably can't do any farmers commercials anymore. <laughs> kind of lame that I'm actually thinking about that. I'm all like, damn, like did I fuck up my farmers endorsement? Because a lot of actors and stuff go on that <sighs> shit, and you know that guy from Whiplash, right? You know he got paid probably. Yeah, J.K. Simmons or Miles Teller. I'm literally thinking like, damn, once I become a famous actor, I might want that farmers endorsement, <laughs> like. That's so stupid that I'm actually worried about that. I'm like, bro, you don't work there anymore. You're like, no, dude, there's a deal that could be falling into place at any moment, at any time, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's like this invisible fantasy deal yeah. that I'm, I'm think, dreaming about right now. Um, Yeah. 
I mean, I guess that's why I'll never uh, disparagingly talk about Taco Bell because you never know. <laughs> this yeah. player over here wants to get in a Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. If I, yo, if if I ever have any potential farmers deal on the works, you're gonna have to delete this pod. Okay. Is that a deal? Deal. Okay. That's we'll just, the one thing I'm worried about. I'll, I'll clip out the sax talk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it we'll out. Figure it out. Um, yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or anything? Uh, uh, no, man. I think uh, just follow me on my IG and my socials to see like what I'm up to next um, as I'm kind of, uh, you know, starting this new chapter of, it, of some it, projects in my life. It's cool. I'm kind of... I'm kind of happy that I caught you at this kind of like cool transitionary phase where you're wanting to get into more directing and stuff like that. that that's kind of cool that, I don't know, like I love when I'm, when I get to see artists spread their wings in different ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're doing more stand up, you're, you're doing more directing and you're talking about like making music in different ways. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it's an exciting new chapter, man. I feel, I just, I just really respect all, all these different crafts when I get into them. And I, I feel like even with rap, like sometimes that respect comes from playing a different role in it, in the culture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and that's always a hard thing to admit for certain people. Um, but I'm learning to kind of, you know, figure that out. Like, where do I fit it into culture? You know? Yeah. That's exciting. Exciting to be like, Oh, I can fit into multiple things. Yeah, fit into multiple things, and even even in hip hop, like how do I play a different role that might right, you know, push what, the culture what's the forward. Next step that to... I can push help push the culture forward. It might not be you even just rapping. It might be a different thing, you know, like helping cultivate a new artist. Could or be a, yeah, more of a Dre producer role, whatever, like producing, finding that next, whatever. Yeah. yeah, so it's just all that. Um, I still, I, you'll still hear me on verses and stuff. It's not like, yeah, I'm of course. Stop doing that. But. Yeah, always. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for doing the pod, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate you.